brightness up on my computer. Oh, who is she? Okay, she's got a ring light. She's a beauty YouTuber. She's <laughs> going to be talking to my us about hair light. paste. <laughs> There's... Ugh. Hello. <laughs> That's really... You look... Actually, the light is really very good on you. This is my... Just, I turned my computer brightness all the way up. I have a hair light. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> it's literally my fucking ceiling light. All right, let me start this shit. <clears throat> hey, everyone. My name is Brandon Patrick, and... <laughs> I already don't know how to do our opening. Oh, no. Welcome to the Carly Rae Jepsen fan cast. Thank God. Finally. We're um, here to talk about dedicated side B. <laughs> thank gosh. That, I mean, I. it's queer media. Why not? Honestly, full album review? Sign up for Patreon. Find out if we do it. <laughs> See if we have follow through. Yeah, truly. But my name is Brendan Patrick. We got Sophie G here. And we got uh, Manager Shadows here. Shadow just rolled into the room like, hello, are you recording? Can I chew on your wires? Do you mind? <laughs> but uh, It's hot up here. Can I sit in your lap and make it hotter? Can I just be a warm blanket? Uh? And you're listening to the Super Lit Podcast. <laughs> Superlit podcast is a gay chaos hole. <laughs> I didn't mean like that, but like I just meant like a black hole of gay chaos. I know, but I, <laughs> my brain, um, the way you said that sounded like you just said a gay asshole. Uh, oh no, I said chaos hole. But uh, the Superlit podcast is a biweekly podcast pertaining to books about the LGBTQIA community. Hello, Sophie. Hi. <laughs> so if you have this like okay, so I know it's just her computer light, but the light from her computer is making her look like a beauty guru. Is this just shadow like rolled out on the floor? Yeah, she just like laid down next to me and rolled over and was like, belly up, time for pets now. Pet me now. You can't see her though, because she's a black cat and it's dark in here. But uh, this week, we are talking about Sword in the Stars by Amy Rose Capetta and Corey McCarthy. And this is by Jimmy. It's by uh, the Jimmy Patterson Presents. Hey, bada bing, Jimmy Patterson! <laughs> I still can't get over that it's it's literally Jimmy. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's just Jimmy. I, I, love I, still, I love the branding. I still cannot imagine calling James Patterson Jimmy. Hey, Jimbo. Jimbo. Um, <laughs> himbo and the James pronouns. I just got to know. I my like volume on to make a face at you in our. <laughs> you got to keep the volume up. Ooh. Um, this episode is clearly hectic already. Um, do you want to read the book sleeve because you said you would do it next time, or should I do it? Did I say I was going to do it? 
Yeah, I I begrudgingly said you have to do it next time, and you went okay. <laughs> oh, there's a big word in here. I don't know. <laughs> um. All right, I'll read it. <clears throat> so, to save the future, Ari, Merlin, and their Rainbow Knights. I really am just reading this for the first time. Their Rainbow Knights must pull off a heist thousands of years in the past. Ari may have won her first battle against the tyrannical Mercer Corporation, but the large. Oh, I already I mess up with the word larger, but not the word tyrannical. Explain. Uh, cannot. <laughs> but the larger war has just begun. Now, Ari, the cranky Merlin, uh, the cranky Merlin wizard, <laughs> uh, the cranky wizard Merlin, and their friends must travel back in time to the very unenlightened Middle Ages in order to steal the Holy Grail, the very definition of impossible. The time travelers must also be wary of skewing the timeline and affecting the course of history. Coming face to face with the original King Arthur could produce a ripple effect that changes everything. Somehow Merlin forgot to warn Ari that the past could be even more dangerous than the future. My name is Ari Helix, and I'm the 42nd reincarnation of King Arthur. I'm trapped in the Middle Ages with a broken Excalibur, but I refuse to be powerless. Honestly, yes. <laughs> that's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> That's, that's, I don't that's, know. That's the tweet. The yeah. podcast episode's over. Bye. That's it. There are so many good things in this book that I want to talk to you about, but I, it would just spoil so many things. Spoilers. <laughs> so many spoiler spoilers. Alert. Please read um, these books. First of all, this is sequel, so you have to have read the first one. If to you're even reading. understand what's going on in any way. Yeah. Because um, I would be lost. Yeah, there's no way this this full sequel that like directly starts off where the first where the first one left off. So you can't just jump into it. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> sorry, friends. You actually have to read. Um, I think the one thing that do you remember at the end of the episode that we did for the last book, I said, "What if they run? Like, what if they be, are the people? Like, when they go back in time." they get put into the bodies of the people that they represent and they would have to find each other. I was kind of right. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just a little bit. This is small, small, right? Is there anything in particular that like you want to talk about specifically for the book? Let me consult my notes. Bring up the Mercer notes. No, (laughs) not those ones. (laughs) The Mercer Uh, trading company notes. Oh, my first, my first notes are just Ari and Gwen still steamy! Exclamation point. Jordan is number one. <laughs> Those are my notes. This that's is the whole it. Book. That's the book. That's the whole book. To be completely honest, <laughs> honestly, I've never written. Written. Wow. I've. Ne- I actually have never written a book where all the characters are enjoyable. Um, I've never read a book in which every character. I'm like, yeah, but what if they're the best one? But what if the? But but it just like keeps bouncing back and forth. Right, I wasn't. There was never a moment where it did the thing where it's like, okay, well, these people are doing this, that group's doing this, so I only care about what these people are doing, and I'm bored now because I'm reading about the people I don't care about. Every single thing, I was like, I care about all of them. I think I care about all of them. Yeah, I um, the entire time that like Merlin is steadily aging backwards, it it was just stressful because I was like, please, <laughs> so stop. you have to get back to to vault. You have to get back to vault. Percival needs you. <laughs> I was like, the vault? Who? What's that? The vault. <laughs> the Jaclyn Hill ah! eyeshadow vault needs you. Ooh. Probably. It probably mm. did need some magic. It doesn't need anyone, work. I don't think. I think you it's know, just To be fixed, away. it needed magic. 
Anyway, um, no, I think it's like halfway through the book and I was like, I'm just realizing that Ari is the main character and she isn't annoying and I love it. <laughs> yeah, she's really not. No, I don't think any character in this, other than Nim, obviously, because, duh. Um, well, she's a villain, but... yeah. I genuinely, I have like a, I have like a running theory with like the majority of like fantasy books and stuff that the main character is always terrible and the side characters are who I care about. <laughs> and it just didn't happen here. We're all, the, everyone's good here. Uh, truly, everybody is invited to hang out after the book wraps. Yeah, I think we can all hang out together. It should be fine. Yeah, um, I'm so into it. It's just. I'm sad that I, I won't get any more of this. <laughs> you think it's done forever? I feel like it is. I I, I would love... I, if Honestly, I'm not kidding. There are so many books. I'm like, oh, but what if they got in it? No. I mean, for really, though, I need... a Two is not good for me. I need three. <laughs> okay, this is what I want. I don't want an extension of the story because I think it wrapped up fine. But I want like a novella about the like year that's lost. That's what I want. I want some like outlander novella shit where you just have like intense time skips because time travel be here. And you, I want to know what characters we're doing. Yeah. And I, as much as I do love the like banging because there's a lot of like sexiness in these books, as much as I adore that, um, I would, I would just like love to know what they're doing. Just, I tweeted about this the other day. It's like this: you see a hot dude has posted a selfie, and he's talking about his garden. That's great. Love the hot dude. Can I know more about your garden? <laughs> Can I have a clipping we, of the plants? We look at different internet. Well, I, I'm on gay Twitter, so it's just like exactly. Here's look a picture of me in my garden, and it's like someone's butt cheek and like a leaf sticking out in the corner. It's like. Of his butt? No, no, I meant, like, in the background. It's just like, hello! Like, I just, I wouldn't, I want to know more about the plants. Hey, Twitter is a mess. Um, I don't <clears> participate <throat> in that. Anyway, um... Be thankful. Sophie's I feeling spicy today. <laughs> I have emotions! Who is she? All of my notes, um, are, like, about a lot of things that are not, that are somewhat serious, so I just, I don't know when to bring that part of the conversation hit, him, hit me with him. Let's do it. Let's get into it. <gasps> okay, so there's a really cool thing that happens in this book because they are in, like, the Middle Ages. Uh, and so everyone goes back and they're like, well, everything's going to fucking suck for anyone who isn't a white man. So anyone who isn't Merlin. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, they get truly. there and there's, like, people of color and like there's like a part where like lamb is talking about one of the like kids who's like like ends up following them around once they like because so they so they get to camelot and everyone else gets there a couple of months before ari but we're like following ari's story so by the time we get to camelot the rest of the people have been there except for bow for a couple of months so they've kind of like integrated into everything um, yeah, but the there was time like travel really, portal was very interesting. I love a time travel paradox. 
let's get into it. <laughs> let's do it. Um, but there was like a really poignant moment where uh, Lamarck is talking and they're like, oh yeah, what I wrote the character's name down. Ronan is like the stable hand and they're like, well, he's trans, but he doesn't know what that word means yet. And I was just like, Down yeah, this lay just, down. I, I, I have to go I, lay down now. I can actually imagine that if, like, someone f- from our time period went back, it would be like that. But, like, in, in this magical future that we're, like, reading about, everyone is just so enlightened where it's like, yeah, this is a thing. Uh, what's the baby's gender? What are, what are they presenting? How do they talk about the baby in this book when the baby is born? Oh, spoiler alert, there's a, ba- there's a baby that's born. Oh, well, there's a baby in the in the other book. I guess. I don't know. The baby's born. Spoilers. I don't know. We already said spoilers. Never mind. Uh, they say, like, what's it assigned? There we go. I was, trying, like, to, I was trying to say the like, word, and I was like, I don't know how to say this. Which was, like, I guess made sense, but that feels like so much more like language that's be like currently being used because like society as a whole assigns gender to people as they're born based on like their genitalia. Mm-hmm. So like in a future where we live where that's no longer a thing and like people actively try to go against that, I feel like you wouldn't still use the word assigned because you wouldn't be assigning people's gender at birth. But also like only other way I could think to say anything about that would be like really weird scientific and sterile sounding yeah but at least they were like oh well the this person will decide who they are when they are of of age to to have right to have when they're when their brain is formed when they're 25 yeah (laughs) just reading my notes sorry no it's okay i think i truly think lamb being in the middle ages, middle ages, middle ages, middle ages, <laughs> ergers, um, it really, uh, it, Ari is like consistently thinking like, Oh, it's going to be bad for everyone. It's bad for everyone. And lamb's like, no, there is some good here. It can be a good place. It just, you have to like, look for it really hard. <laughs> Which was very lovely. You have to Ariana squint at it. <laughs> you have to go, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Thanks. Oh, you want to take a picture? Okay. <laughs> I'm sending this TikTok. Hold on. <laughs> we, we've mentioned Ariana Grande twice today. That's a lot. Brainworms. I was just looking for my phone. <laughs> You're talking to me on it. Oh, hey, hey Shadow. What's up? <laughs> Shadow just seems concerned. <laughs> Did we break the cat? She's just staring at the computer. Oh, oh the computer's getting warm. <laughs> but can you better describe the, the time travel tunnel tube than I just did? The time travel tunnel tube? Yeah, where everyone's just getting like picked off. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I'm picturing... I mean, I feel like... I feel like this is like a normal like kind of time travel representation where it's like you're basically in a vortex and some people be sucked out and you get sucked out too soon you go to a different <laughs> some time. Some people be sucked out. <laughs> that, that's why I was, I was trying to describe it. And I'm like, okay, what I want to imagine right now is <laughs> you're all on the lazy river and people just keep getting picked off. <laughs> oh no. Oh, I'm picturing like, a, like you're inside of like a tornado basically. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> big boobs. <laughs> um, so anyway, child. Big boobs. <laughs> oh, big no. boobs. Oh no. Um, so anyway, child. <laughs> big boobs. <laughs> Ari when she sees Gwen pregnant. <laughs> Big boobs. Oh no! Oh no, I'm broken. Oh! Well, this no. episode's gonna be really poignant. We're gonna discuss a lot of topics. It's just gonna be me screaming big boobs. Okay, what was the next note on your um, list of notes? <laughs> Stop thinking about it. Oh. What I just said, I know. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I really uh, did that. <laughs> Not enough memes in the future. Truly, no memes in the future. Or the past, for that matter. <laughs> there weren't <laughs> enough memes during the Arthurian era. There weren't enough mentions of memes <laughs> from the people in the future. <laughs> Watching the people in the past. Right? There was, like, um, there was like one or two moments where, like, Merlin, like, referenced, like, 90s pop culture and it was like well yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) they mentioned Coachella twice they mentioned Coachella twice there's a section of the book that happens during Coachella there's also there was like a pop culture reference to something that I don't remember what it was that and something else is very uh the popcorn make boobs the pop culture references are like really, oh, uh, like a late millennial really, really did write this, huh? Because I was like, I get it. Millennial light? I don't know. It was just, I mean, I guess it like made sense because like they wrote it in a way that like Merlin was like, oh, I don't even know. It's like they wrote it in a way that like Merlin was in his 30s, quote unquote, in his 30s. During, like, the early 2000s, I guess. He's our age right Right. now, but 10 years ago. Right. But also, if you you remember in the last book, they mentioned more music in the last book because he, like, hums things. Like, Katy Perry's Firework is mentioned. They don't mention as many musical, excuse me, pop culture references versus, like, last book, where I felt like there were a lot more. Does that make sense? I felt like I in this book, I was like waiting for more to happen. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to mention Britney Spears' work, bitch, or something. This is what I, this is, no, this is so much better because it doesn't date because it's kind of like you're coming to pop song or something. It's like, okay, cool. It's not like, here's licensed trademark for Galicious. I hope that's still licensed and trademarked. Good for Fergie. It's what she deserves. Uh... I. I think that, like, I, I honestly didn't take any notes because I was, like, literally ingesting this book. I was, like, thoroughly enjoying yeah, myself. trying to write down things that I didn't want to forget to talk about. So I don't have many notes, but I have a page. I've got, like, a page of notes. <laughs> I think the only thing that, like, I can say is that I, I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. Uh, maybe more so than the first book. Who knows? And it... it None of the stuff that happened was, like, what I thought was going to happen. Yes. 
And that's the end of the podcast. Bye. It was so nice talking to you. <laughs> it's really good having us back and forth. So we both contribute to the conversation. <laughs> um, no, I think, yeah, no, I think the story was really well written because it was, a, it was unpredictable, but in like a good way. Like it wasn't, it was, it didn't follow a specific path that was predictable, but it didn't feel erratic. Yeah, it, it didn't, uh, it really didn't feel erratic. You're right. I, I, it, Felt even though it was um, chaotic, it didn't seem like. Well, nothing. There's no no way to fix any of this. There were some parts that were like, "Oh crap! How are we gonna get out of this one, gang?" And then, oh shit, Scooby! Yeah, and then we did. <laughs> Speaking of Scooby, did you get your lawn furniture yet? Yeah. What remember, does that have to do with Scooby Doo? Remember, I kept saying Scooby Doo and the gang were the ones delivering it, and that's why I was like, <laughs> "Oh, yeah." Right. Uh, yeah, actually, we got it on Monday. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's cute. It's really cute. It's cute. I really liked... Okay. So, the other thing that I had written down is for the, like... So, what happened was um, Ari shows up late to Camelot, and she gets there, and Gwen's already married to Arthur. <laughs> Oops. Gwen literally said, guess what, bitch, we're getting married. And Arthur, being a 14-year-old, said, okay, ma'am. <laughs> Uh, oops, all Guinevere. Um, <laughs> she was like, oh, oh, I'm not, I am Guinevere. Oh, I I'm wasn't just, supposed I to am. interfere? I thought you meant I was supposed to interfere. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Sorry to that man. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to this man, but I have to marry that 14-year-old. So, uh, they just immediately are like, well, we're here. Let's just really fuck some shit up. So, Glamour has to be, like present as like a cis man to be a knight um so does jordan and so does ari jordan is like less concerned because i'm pretty sure she just like only wants to fight people all the time and like sleeps in her armor yeah and i love her she so much she's really only concerned with fighting and being a wrestle boy yeah she just like Absolutely. Yeah, she is Rhea Ripley. I think I made this analysis in, when we talked about the first book, but it just like really just cemented. She just wants to always be fighting. Always be fighting. <laughs> she be fighting. But there's like a really interesting conversation where like Landmark, who's non binary, has to like remove all their piercings and their stop wearing makeup and like dress masculine to fit in. But then also in order to like fit in as a knight Ari has to do the same thing she identifies as like a woman and is like very comfortable being like a female but has but is like more masculine but is still like having this weird like struggle where she feels like she's losing herself because she's like constantly in armor like looks like a man like she cuts her hair shorter and they have this like really interesting conversation where they're both just like so how's the dysphoria for you? <laughs> I think that's like one of the first conversations that they get to have privately. Because, yeah, I think so. Because she shows up late and then there's like a, 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 a battle ring Royale that happens that just like, and then everyone starts trying to kill each other. Love this idea of the middle ages where it's just like, you're standing next to someone, a fight breaks out, you stab them. It doesn't matter who it is. Well, they didn't have cable, so. <laughs> but South, because they didn't have South Park yet, they were like, well, they let's. They didn't have the written word yet, yeah. to be honest. 
the Bible hasn't stopped us yet. Barely had science. Yeah, honestly. Um, oh, when they mention like the projection of time, and it's like, oh, we haven't hit this yet. You mean people are choosing to not listen to science? Yeah, it's like we're at the point in history where we've discovered science, and people aren't are choosing not to listen to it. They're like, what ages are we in the middle of right now? <laughs> It's I really like the future people going back in time and just looking and just being like (gasps) the whole time, just like clutching their pearls, every single one of them, just like really, except for Jordan. Jordan's just like, yeah, I'm going to get into this, this sword ring. Any, no one else? Jordan's like, I've already killed three men. What's going on? I showed up and killed three men upon impact. (laughs) Just a a meteor. (laughs) She is the meteor in Final Fantasy VII. <sighs> I don't get that reference. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, you haven't played it. Not yet. Uh, but also, I, like that's my that was like my last like note because I was just reading for a while. But I do have a note because there's a part where first this like this whole thing is happening like kind of like subtly throughout the book where Ari just like everyone's in love with Lamarack, like everyone is in love with them. Everyone and, like, like has the only- feelings for them. <laughs> This they're they're the only person that like Ari is like self conscious in front of also <laughs> and it's so cute. But there's like a point where uh is it when they're splitting up at like towards the end and they The they middle kiss of the end the, yeah, like the, the end the, of the middle the first of the book. Ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they kiss Ari and she like loses it and they also kiss Gwen and they both look at each other and they're like, holy shit. And I was like, are we about to have a thruple? Can we have a thruple? Are they going to thruple? I, I, I think got it so is, excited. Uh, what does OTP mean? Can you remind me? One true pairing. Yeah. So I think the one true pairing is the three of them. <laughs> OT3. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the Welcome ones. to fanfiction.net. <laughs> no, literally I, the, when Gwen gets kissed by Lamb and like Gwen looks over at Ari and Ari's like, I know, right? <laughs> They're just it's this book is just so good. Also, they meet more enchantresses and Lamb yes, is like, I'm a fuck that one. It's like we're banging. <laughs> and then like throughout the book, while they have like an all-powerful enchantress helping them conduct like magic, they're like, While you guys figure out whatever you're doing, I'm gonna go make out with her for a couple minutes. They're just like, yeah, I'm just gonna like make out with this really hot man. What I'm imagining is that like if this was a movie, there'd be a, a serious scene going on, and in the background, in the distance, you just see Lamb making out with a different enchantress, in a, or a woman in a silk slip dress. Any woman in a silk dress, <laughs> yeah, true. that's their type. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's that's it. That's the treat. Uh, all my other notes are about like literally the very very end, but. <laughs> So, I don't know. There's been no continuity to this episode. Um, there hasn't. Though I think the one thing that I, I want to touch on is, like, a lot of the time travel that's in this book. Love time travel. Let's talk about it. Um, I I don't have a lot of um, point of reference to time travel. I think my the main point of reference I have to time travel is Legend of Zelda. Uh, Ocarina of Time, which, like, really, is that even time travel? Um but I I like the I guess the mechanic of it in this book. It seemed like really like thought out really well. What do you mean? I guess because I feel like whenever I hear about time travel, it's always someone being like, "Oh, it's super clunky in this this piece of media." I feel like I haven't heard like great things about time travel being used in media. Um, a lot 
I feel like more often I hear that it's like a clunky thing used. Does that make sense? I don't hear like positive Maybe? things about about like time travel being used in, in stuff. I mean, I can think of like a few examples off the top of my head, but I also feel like it's one of the easiest things to find fault with because like literally it's like, okay, so we're talking about time travel. Let's break it down. Are we talking about like one singular time, like space continuum where like events happen in a specific order? Are we talking about like multiple dimensions? If we like change something in the past, does it ripple and change the future? So then did the future that was existing stop existing or did you create an alternate future? Like what's the situation here? And it just gets really convoluted really quickly. So I feel like a lot of people find fault with time travel when you really just got to be like, they time traveled. It happened. Well, I think I'll know my first, like, I guess interaction with like time travel being used in a book. Cause I haven't really gotten into a lot of books like this. I think it was done really well and it was easy for me to follow along and understand what was happening. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, uh, I feel like the majority of stuff where, like, time travel is involved, it's usually movies or TV shows, but, like, I've read a good chunk of the Outlander books, and that whole thing is, like, based in time travel, but it's, like, a similar a similar thing to this, where it isn't, like, the story isn't, like, going back and forth a lot, it's, like, the characters go from one time period to another and it kind of stays there for a while. So it's like, yeah, we're time traveling and we're interacting with like the past and it's affecting the future, but it isn't like going back and forth too much. It's kind of stayed stagnant in the time period we've moved to for this act or whatever. I guess this is like time travel light. So it's easy for me to understand what you just described. Sounds like ping ponging. That sounds hard to understand. And I would lose track of stuff. Yeah, I think this also benefits a lot from um, using like Arthur as like a main pinpoint. So it's not necessarily something that's uh, necessarily concerned with like true historical accuracy. Because though it is like a thing where it's like, well, Arthur did exist, but like all of these legends were like made up, or were they, or what's what's real and what's not real with all this. Um, as opposed to like, again, Outlander where they're like, no, this is literally a a point in history where this actually happened. And we are really, that's how Outlander is. Yeah. Oh, I don't know anything about it. She it's yeah. It takes place in like in our, in our universe basically. So it does, it exists in our, it exists in our world till like i don't know like the current season of outlander that's happening they are on like the cusp of like the american revolution so there's like a lot of things that are happening where they're like well we can't we don't want these people to die but we can't also can't stop them from dying because this is like the one battle that incited the american revolution and if we don't do that will the american revolution never happen will america never have its like independent it's it becomes like a whole situation this oh, is kind yeah, of that sounds, like that sounds like a lot <laughs> um so this one is like a little bit easier but i wouldn't say it's simplified you have more that was, interaction just, with like science fiction about Outlander for <laughs> well yeah, also this- in like science fiction i'm i as much as i want to get more into like science fiction i haven't what what kind of category of book is this again I would say this is sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, like I, 
I want more of these books. I want us to read more of these. <laughs> I love a sci-fi book. The yeah, the only I have the only have a, a few more notes, but about like literally like the, the epilogue. <laughs> so I think we're gonna leave that out of the episode, probably. Yeah, because um, I don't want to talk too much about like the the end. Yeah, stuff. The end. The, the end. end. <laughs> the end. Um. <laughs> But I really, I like really like this. I felt like the whole book, I was like really engaged. Like I was like really, I was like, couldn't put it down. And then like, I was like concerned for all the characters. Again, we were like talking about how there is really like one specific character that I wasn't interested. I was kind of invested in everyone. I don't know. All the like characters relationships felt like really organic. And like the dialogue was like really well written. Um, I, I just like it was just like a really nice like read. I don't know. It was it was like it had enough going on where it didn't felt it didn't feel like I was just kind of like easy breezy reading like a whatever book. Um, but it wasn't like overcomplicated. No, and I think what the the book does well is that it'll set you up for something, and, and you'll I don't want to say you'll get comfortable in what they're talking about, and then it's like, well, guess what? It. Like it, the pacing of the book is really well laid out. Um, and I think that was true for the last one too. I think even in this one, it's even better done. Um, and it, it, I went through the whole book going, okay, so Ari doesn't have Excalibur, but Excalibur exists in this, like this universe, obviously, because Arthur has it. So like, what, like, what are, like, what's going to go on? Is Ari going to have to steal Excalibur to like get to the future again? Because they have to go back. So like, what's going to go on? And it, there are so many things in this book that I'm like, okay, like, when are we going to get to this part? <laughs> I'm just like excited for all of it. Yeah. I, I will say the one thing that I was like, like the one thing that I was like, as I was reading, I was like, oh, this is kind of confusing is that you have like the original Merlin in like the Arthur time, like he, the old crotchety man Merlin. And then you have like young Merlin, who's the Merlin that like was in the first one and you're traveling with him. And there's like a lot of scenes where they're in the same room together and they're talking to each other and like old Merlin doesn't know that young Merlin is like him. So he calls him something different, but he carbuncle when the, yeah, he calls him Carbuncle. But like when they're talk when when just the book is like talking about both of them, sometimes I was like, oh, yeah, which, the old which Merlin, Merlin and Merlin when they're yeah. Because it doesn't like sometimes it sometimes it would be like older Merlin blah did blah 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 blah. Sometimes it would just be like Merlin did this and I'm like, which one? Which one are we talking about? Hold on. You ha- and <laughs> it's funny, I had to realize that when they say just Merlin, no like old Merlin, when they say just Merlin, it's the one that we know. They had they have to use the phrase "old Merlin" for me to for like to get it across, and it's always right, in the chapters was, with when it's Merlin's perspective. There was like some parts where I was like, "Wait, why did he just do that?" And I was like, "Oh, wait, it was the other Merlin. What's going on?" Ah. Yeah, the um, I think the part where that was like the most difficult was where Merlin is actively trying to help young old Merlin is actively trying to help Merlin with the, the aging thing. Right. And cause he's slowly, <laughs> yes. he's just getting so much younger. And old Merlin doesn't <sighs> notice. <laughs> old Merlin is such a dumbass. Old Merlin's a piece of shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's just a, he's just a big dummy. Doesn't understand the world. Baby. Um, 
I just, yeah, I was getting, like, so worried. I was like, he's going to be, like, four and, like, trying to help them. And he's going to be so cute but so useless. <laughs> Truly, I'm I'm glad with the age at which it did stop. And I'm glad in the ways that, like, were Percival was, like, correct. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh yeah, when he was like, "Oh, you're like 12 now. This is a problem for me." He's like, "I'm just going to pat you on the head and still be like affectionate, like but it's not going to get weird." He's like <laughs> just he just he leaves the conversation. He left the chat. He's literally Homer Simpson going into the bushes. I did like the part there was like a part where uh he so like he figured out like halfway through the book that every time he uses magic, he gets younger. And they're like, well, why the fuck haven't you figured this out before? And he's like, well, okay, there's, like, not a big difference between being, like, 400 years old and being 300 years old. But there's, like, a really big difference between being 16 and 12. Like, Oh, my God, so, yeah. He lost teeth at one point. He has molars got sucked back in. That's just, it's, the, um, I think the there was like a detail in that is just, like, so magical. Because it's, like, I don't think of, like, when I'm aging backwards, like, Things like, okay, at what age do you grow your wisdom teeth in again? Or, like, at what like what age did these things stop happening? And, like, his facial hair just goes, like, back into his face. There's, like, a point when, when he, like, finally sees, like, Val again, and he hasn't seen him in a really long time. Um, He, because they, like, can't find him when they first get to Camelot. They don't know where he is. Um, And he, like, has to rescue him from Nin, and he gets there. And he's, like, has aged back from being, like, 16 or 15 to being, like, 10 or, like, 11. And he's just like, oh, you have freckles now. And he's like, do I? Shit. <laughs> like, I have what now? <laughs> I have who? I have who? Oops. And I oop. Big boobs. Big boobs. I really... <laughs> the meme of the century. <laughs> it really means everything to me. I just really like the bit where Merlin goes from being like 13 to being like 11 and he's like, okay, I am conscious of the fact that like I have a crush on this person and I like am aware that I like know that I'm attracted to them because when I was older, we like were kissing, but now I'm an 11 year old and I am so uncomfortable around people that I'm attracted to and he like loses it and he's just like, like he hit point where he understood what a crush was but was like too small to do anything and it was just like very sweet the way that he like slipped back into time and i just wanted to point that out i also really liked when he's like getting younger he can't control like his responses to things yeah he so he'll like sister. flip out when like talking to someone it's like well what if we did this instead it's like okay merlin calm down to like yeah they have to like give him a treat just pat him on the back and go it's okay honey it's okay, baby. We'll get dinner soon. <laughs> but I think one of the funnier things is when they're talking about Nin, you never get like a, I guess, a straightforward description of her other than like her hair is like weeds and like this and that. And she's incorporeal, incorporeal, I should say. And uh, when Perci- like when Percival is talking about it, uh, they all realize that Nin looks different to each of them. And Nin addresses it at one point. She's like, Sometimes I look like a drag queen, sometimes a drag king, and sometimes I look. At, I think it's because Gwen is when like, oh, she's they, naked. When they well, they, when they bring yeah, they bring it's her, it's Merlin, Ari, and Gwen, 
and I think Percival's there too. And and Val's there. Uh, they all go to like her cave, and the first thing Gwen says is, "Is she always naked?" <laughs> and Ari's like, "She's naked." What do you mean she's naked? <laughs> it's literally the big boobs thing. Big boobs. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I just i I thought that was like we a really love, beautiful touch. Yeah, I love an incorporeal uh, villain. I love a villain who changes their appearance based on who they're talking to. It's just like Chef's Kiss, amazing. We love the just uh, the the growth, the like uh, versatility. It's just. And I like that when they're talking about like the other, other villain, uh, Mercer, when they're talking about how they were taking things from earth, um, they really tied that into this book too. And I, that's something I, I hadn't even thought of when I was reading this book, because I think the, the, almost the entirety of the book takes place in, uh, on old earth, like back in the middle ages. And we're so used to Earth looking the way that we think Earth does during the Middle Ages versus the last book where everything is like a planet that like isn't real that is being described as like, oh, it's a sandy Earth planet, Earth type planet. Whereas like they really tied in why Mercer was taking supplies from Earth into this book. And I didn't I totally forgot about that point. Yeah, them, like, basically, like, scouring, like, the land and stuff for, like, natural resources. Yeah, I totally forgot they were doing that uh, until almost the end of the book. And I was like, oh, wait, this is a thing that they were doing. Oh, wait. I don't think I have anything else to talk about. I don't think I do either, other than, like, I had such... This book was just so enjoyable that it, it, it... really it's like brendan why haven't you been reading books like this um yeah why haven't you i don't know i i it's like after college i had to be reintroduced to the books that i liked no i really liked it it was fun i I think this was like a good a good middle ground too where it's not didn't feel like too much like a young adult novel just really accessible and like really easy to read so it like it didn't feel like it was like had you like it wasn't like oh I'm about to start reading Dune. There goes the next like four years of my life. Like I wasn't like invading <laughs> in something, <laughs> you know. Um, so that was good. I, I liked it. I it, I like having like a a good genre book every once in a while. You know, this was it was very fun. I think this is a great follow up to the last book, um, and I I think it wrapped up very nicely. Um, as much as I would love a book three or like another duology, I'm I'm perfectly fine with this ending where it ended. Yeah, I think the characters kind of did what they did, and the epilogue had a really good uh, tie-in with like it gave you like a little bit. It did the thing where it, it's like the epilogues because the story ends, you have like the conclusion of the big li- climax, and then the epilogue is like six months later, right? Yeah. So we get like a little tie-in of like it's long enough and head in the future that like things are started to repair from like all the stuff that happens and like things of the dust is settled, but it isn't like 10 years later. Like it doesn't like jump too far ahead where it feels like it's just like weird. Yeah. Like it does and it doesn't because it kind of does and it kind of doesn't at the same time. It's so good. Uh-huh. It's just, I don't know how to just say, say that without 
you know, spoiling it. Well, you know, the book involves time travel, so there kind of is no future, past, or present. It's all relative. Truly. <laughs> Camelot TM. Well, so that's the tweet. <laughs> Cam- well, comma, Camelot trademark. <laughs> oh, God, that was terrible. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'm going to have to look into these... This was their second book together as a couple, I believe, the authors. I'm yeah, I'm curious to see uh to read like their books because they've written books independently. I think so. Maybe. Um cuz I, I would be curious to to read that to see if like one or the other had because they I, like I know in the the book sleeve they describe like one of them has more of the mentality of like the fighting and the like historical side and the other one is like magic influ- is does the magic influence of the book so it'd be Corey curious to read swords there we and go Amy yeah Rose uh, likes magic yeah so I would be curious to read like their own independent books to see what the tone of that would be. I'm here for the swords. Yeah, Sorry, we need, Merlin. We need more swords. <laughs> Sorry, more Jordan. Merlin. We need more Jordans. Yeah, honestly, oh God, I Jordan is such a good character. I didn't necessarily like I love fully so love much. them in the last book, but I also did at the same time. But I feel like they. I was like, once we once we hit the point where they were no longer, they were like cemented as just kind of like, uh, basically like a bodyguard i guess for lack of a better word for gwen and that wasn't like oh this is gonna be a love triangle i was like okay you fucking rock you could stay yeah and i feel like also there's such amazing represent representation in this book everyone is there um k is the only heterosexual one ish um i guess like arthur is hetero i don't know <laughs> is he even like is he though i don't know big boobs <laughs> Honestly, big boobs. Anyways, um, so <laughs> yeah, I think that's like that's all I really. I just wanted I wanted to talk about the book, how much I loved it. Seemed like you had a good time reading it as well. I had a good time. It was a romp. It truly was a romp across the stars. I'm really into it. We did that. That sword. It was in the stars. Um, we also got in this book a chapter called "Sword in the Stars" and "Once in Future." So, like, I feel like that was great. That was very good. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, um, I I guess I'm just going to have to start looking into the Arthurian fairy tales now. Do we want to talk about the, like, end-ish bit? I want to talk about the part where uh, Merlin and, like, Val are going through, and, like, Merlin has, like, been using his time travel to just, like get every piece of like Arthurian legend he can and kind of like keep his own collection of like the different versions. Oh, and he and talks I, about this book and he talks about <laughs> the book in the book. And I almost threw the book across the room. Yeah. Honestly, talking about the book in the book with the book next to the, it's what is that? That vine? It's like you brought a birthday present to my birthday at my birthday party with my birthday present. That's that was that, that is exactly I, that. Um, listen, I was here for it. This book is great. I love the characters. I love the story. I love the writing. I was invested. And then we hit that part and I was like, I hate this book. I've never hated a book more in my life. (laughs) That's not true. But I was like, um, as soon as he was like, oh yeah, I've been like collecting like different Arthurian legends. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Cause it's like, I mean, it is interesting because it is like, I mean, it's 
it's like a like a fairy tales, I guess, are kind of like a good uh, comparison or like, I mean, like any kind of like old folk tale that like got translated, you know, like through stuff. And it's now kind of just like, oh, this is an old folk tale, I guess, like the, I don't know, like Faustian legends or something. It is like a thing that's been like adapted and like put into different stories, like literally, like, I don't, like Disney has like the sword and the stone and stuff. And then there's other things that are like inspired by, but not necessarily like a direct adaptation of, which was like interesting. But as soon as they like reference their own book, I was like, no, because that means <laughs> that this book exists in this world. So they have the ability to read the book about themselves in this, in their own universe, which means that they have the ability to read this book about themselves also. So was this book written as like historical context of what happened or were they able to like get this book while they were inside of the book and use it as, was that the book that like lamb had the whole time? Is that the book that they're (laughs) using? And I just like, this is what happens when you have time travel. (laughs) I spiraled. I spiraled and I didn't like it. Wow. Big time travel. Big time portal. (laughs) Big portals. Um, That part. So that part just like sent me because I was like, now we have a whole discussion of like, is this book exists in its own universe? Are the characters aware that they are in the book? Or is it just like a sly nod that the authors put to themselves in their own book, which is like another weird thing? Or is it like a historical text that actually documented what happened? What's going on? And then they started talking about BBC Merlin. And I was like, don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Let's not talk about that. Merlin was like, we don't. Merlin was basically said the same thing. We don't. It's talk about just. It. it was like it went like a little bit too. This is why we need like the authors we just, we, here we, to we, tell like, us dipped, these things. We dipped our toe like a little bit too far into like 2010 Tumblr with that part, and I was like, we have to eject. We got to get out. Abort mission. Yeah, no. Um, I actually kind of like that just because I I I did laugh, but I also know that our taste in things is like. Wildly different. I would say that this book is your least critique critiqued book that we've read so far. Period. Nice. Nice. Yeah, truly. Uh, just that one part. That one part really got me. I was like, we didn't have. Oh, we just did that. We did that. Mm, there we are. We're doing it. Okay. That was for me. <laughs> yeah, I literally, I, I literally don't have anything else to add. Um, other than this was just like a spectacular romp. And I had such a good time reading it. I have one more thing to add, but it's like literally like the very end of the book. And I don't want to talk about it on the podcast. Ooh, Big okay. spoilers. Sorry, We're everyone. We're going to talk about it after we hit disconnect from the server. We're going to have a chit chat. <laughs> Did you really? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, no, not yet. We didn't do the Jeez, outro. Brendan. Don't cut me off. Um, <laughs> I, will, I will say generally... And this is a me thing. Just the same way that like having like direct references to like specific pop songs is a me thing. Having like specific brand names listed in text is a me thing. It's just a thing I don't generally like. So you're saying you don't you, like Alexander McQueen jeans? Fuck off. Um, <laughs> I I'm just saying that I, f- I genuinely. Not genuinely. Generally, uh, I don't... When epilogues are, like, written 
as like an addendum to the story, I tend to not like them as much. Like, I feel like if you have an epilogue that's more of like a pulled away perspective and is kind of like just like a narrator describing stuff, like as if they were if they were like describing like what was going on on like uh, Catch and like the other planets as like a general like here's how the world is healing and like this is what's happening. That is something that I like tend to like a little bit more. But when it's just kind of like here's an epilogue, but it's actually just another chapter, but with like a really tied up like ending that like doesn't leave any loose threads. Then I'm just kind of like, ah, we didn't need it. We didn't need it. It's okay. And that's just like a personal preference. It's not a bad or a good quality in a book. I just like generally tend to not like them. Would you have rather have had a longer actual last chapter that kind of did that versus like another chapter where you kind of have to switch perspective to the other person's perspective, if you will, and then like have that ending. I was just double checking. <laughs> I was no, like, hello. I, just sorry, I was looking at the book because I wanted to check because there is like already like kind of an epilogue at the end of the book. Like the second to last chapter has like a very like this is kind of an ambiguous ending to like what's about to happen, but it does give you like a little bit of a glimpse of like how things are progressing with all the characters and everything like that. And then there's like the last, last chapter, which I just kind of felt was like, I, I felt like it was unnecessary uh, for a kind of a specific reason that I'm not going to talk about. I feel like I'm, this is bad. I shouldn't be like, this until great. we're the last no longer sucks. until we're no um, longer recording. You'll talk to me about it or yeah, I'll talk to you about it. Oh, no, okay, I'm never great. talking to you. About it. No. Um, yeah, no, this is a personal preference of mine. I think the book I think the book ended very nicely and it gave a very good ending to the story. And then there was like a little more of an addendum at the end, and I just didn't think it was necessary, but it's fine. I don't want to keep saying it because I feel like I'm ruining my review of the book. <laughs> I love Jordan. I want to I think punch you gave me. it a four star review out of five. Four and a half. Yeah. Four point nine. <laughs> Four and a half Excaliburs out of five. 4.75 Excaliburs out of five. 4.75 Swords in the Stars. That's it. That's sweet. All right. Um, I don't think we have anything else to add. Um, I'm sorry if this episode has been a little bit disjointed. I, I feel think like we were after really last excited. week's episode, <laughs> where we got like, Oh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Big, well, we like, I feel like we had like a really serious episode, or I hope, uh, I think we had a really serious or somewhat toned down episode, and now it's just back to nonsense. Yeah, I think. In a good way. Because also, like, we read like a gay magical romp, and then we read a story about someone's actual life, and then we had a gay magical romp time travel in the stars in Middle Earth. So, like, it was just like, it was a lot to like switch back into like we're talking about fun book like you know funny books you know what I'm saying I don't know no I'm saying yeah and uh, next uh, time we'll be talking about uh, more gay magical romps <laughs> True, truly truly um, we're talking about camp next time camp and um, Jack of Hearts and Other Parts I gotta read two books I'm so sorry at least I gave you. Both of those books, one of them in the past and one of them just recently. One of them in the past and one of them in the future. 
Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I really like this book. If you're a fan of sci-fi or a fan of fantasy, uh, I can't say anything about whether or not it makes sense if you actually understand or are familiar with uh, King Arthur, because I think a lot of it, a lot of the stuff that's probably directly correlated is correct, but it does take a quick, swift turn to the left pretty soon. Um, but I had a good time. Well, we love to have fun. We have fun here. We have fun here. We have fun here. We're also wildly disjointed. I think because we were excited about the book, it was like worse than usual. It's fine. But also, like certain books, it's hard to be like, okay, here, like a beat for beat for beat review would just, I think, completely spoil the book. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's we're not. I'm not here to like give you a review of every single thing that happens. My general thoughts and ideas, and I thought, I think I did a good job. Ish. I, don't I think know. you did a good. I think you did a great job, Sophie. Thanks. I think you did a good job too. Thanks for lying to me. You're welcome. You know what I mean. Oh my god! Wait, the part where at the end where uh, they have to get back into like the Mercer planet and and is like so proud of Ari for being able to lie. Did you she's just like, lie? She's like, yeah, baby girl, I did. Also, them calling each other your baby girl. No, your baby girl. It's just like very angry, like lesbians. I love it. Lesbians. Uh, also, I like that in this book, the one thing I will say, lesbians and gay men get along. That's the that's, that's the most fantastical part of this whole yeah, story. Yeah, that's the most magical thing about this book because um I not to this level, no. I don't know her. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, Mm-mm. I wish it was. I love this book's great. I love I love some I love it. <laughs> I think that's it for us because we're just going to keep repeating the fact that we love this book. <laughs> we were that one. Um, we love it. <laughs> I don't care. That song. Oh no. Yeah. That's what take, take it back. I, Put it back. <laughs> it's back in the can. Um, <laughs> big <God>. yum. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, also the best thing about this book period is on the cover. It says girls make better Kings. That's the tweet. Uh-huh. That's, that's the whole tweet. That's it. That's going to be the description had, of this episode. I think that's how we ended the last episode where we talked about the first book. Yeah, literally. We're like, this whole book is great. Also, the next book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait. Just you wait. All right. So uh, thank you so much for listening to the Super Lit Podcast, y'all. My name is Brendan Patrick. That's Sophie G. That's me. <laughs> I was like, she's just going to smile instead of respond. That's fine. Oops. Oops. Okay. And um, you've been listening to the Super Lit Podcast. Gaze in space. Outro music. <laughs> Big boobs. <laughs>